1: Hey, everyone, this is Roman Kopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today, I have with me Lori Rifkin. As the Lunch with Lori networking guru, Lori teaches people how to network by learning about a person first and business will follow later. Thank you for joining me today. It's a pleasure being here, Roman. Thanks for coming on. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today?
0: Um, It starts... um being an introvert, I was so introverted growing up. When the doorbell rang at my parents' house, I would run to the basement and hide. I didn't want to meet people. I didn't want to talk to people. I just, as a core introvert, just wanted to be left alone in my own world. Um, you know, you do that in life, and you don't go a lot of places. I'm, I'm a CPA, so I would get jobs, make money in accounting, but never um, achieve the success I thought I could. And one day a mentor said, you have to go out in the world and start talking to people. I go, well, how do you do that? I There's no school of really how to network. Um, I, I just had a mentor and he told me to go do it. Um, and then a chance occurrence a week later, um, a lawyer who uh, helped sell a company I work for came into my wife, works at Trader Joe's, came in the store and said, hey, there's this networking event I can't go to, but you should probably go to it. It was in Miller Park in Milwaukee. I go to the event, I stare at, they had a private area. I stared at that area for 45 minutes, froze. I didn't know a person who was there. And then I finally got the guts to go in there. I left the 30 business cards and I've never looked back since that day. I realized I was the person stopping myself from networking, achieving success. I let fear control me instead of me controlling my fear. And uh, that led to meeting people. Um, I went into my own business. I had a consulting business I started. uh, So I had to go out there and sell. And and here's a a secret I learned. Networking is sales. It's sales of the most important product in the world. That's yourself. And so whether you uh, like it or not, you are selling yourself everywhere you go with every person you meet. So I've come to realize why not capitalize on that and be an expert at doing that. So I started taking people out to lunch and breakfast to get to know them for my business. And I learned that you don't ask for business. The first time you meet people, you give them something. So I learned by leading with the give, it's open up all these opportunities. Then I started writing stories about the people I took to lunch and breakfast. And by another chance occurrence, I get at a golf outing on a golf cart with a gentleman uh, named Pat Miller. And I rip apart his business plan that he told me, rebuild it. And in the 15th hole, he said, get out of the cart. I can't stand you anymore. Um, I sort of ruined his day. But here's what happened. A month later, I meet him again. He goes, I have a gift for you. I created a hashtag on LinkedIn called Lunch of Lori. You helped me so much. You don't even realize how much you helped me. I only ask one favor, use it. So I started using his Lunch of Lori hashtag. Um, started meeting more people. Then I go, I'm going to hold a networking event. Right before COVID in March, I had 35 people signed up for a lunch of Lori. I actually rented out a kitchen and had 35 people coming. We we're going to make lunch and have a networking. COVID killed it. Had to give everyone their money back. And then that same mentor goes, what are you going to do now? And I know what he meant. He meant I had to go online. Since then, I've done podcasts, my own webinars. I have my own monthly uh, Lunch of glory networking event where you can't say what you want or what you're doing. And it's this exploder that books up two months ahead of time. And now I'm building an online course of how to network because introverts, unemployed, recent college grads, they don't really have a networking school. And I'm going to build one. That's, that's my journey, how I started networking. I've learned all these tips and tricks, what works, doesn't work. Um, and I went from very few connections on LinkedIn. And in the last year, I added a couple thousand. And I'm building a network of quality people all over the United States and internationally, too. That's my story, Roman. It's, it's an interesting journey as an introvert.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And it's one of those things when you go to a marketing event or even if you're online and in some kind of group setting, I think people, well, there's been studies, people have identified that they're less afraid of death than, you know, speaking in front of people or speaking on a stage or meeting new people. So I think I'm, I'm more like that as well. So like if you, um, if you see me at like a networking thing, I'm usually talking to one person at a time or like being selective or just hanging out and sitting there until somebody maybe approaches me. And it takes a while to to overcome that. And if you do, like the the results and and value of that is is exponential. And I think being a host, being a guest has helped with that as well as just putting myself out there because the the first barrier to entry is yourself. So I say it's a you versus you battle.
0: Yeah. One thing I've learned too, I have a heavy science and math background. And one of the secrets I realize is networking is based on math and science. You said the word exponential. Most people view network as linear. My wife does. I would go out to an event, come home with 30 business cards. The first thing she would ask, where's the business? That's the linear approach. You go out, you get results. Networking is exponential. When I teach networking in my class, I say it will take you six months to a year until you reach a critical mass. And it's around 1,000 connections on LinkedIn or 1,000 in your contacts. And you put the time in, networking won't kick off. And then the exponential function kicks in. So you're not failing If you go out for eight months, and you don't have results, you're not failing. But most people look at that as failure. And the other part is networking is an energy field. And that's why I say lead with a give. If everyone went out and asked to take something from their network when they started, there'll be no energy left and no one would have anything to give. So I teach you give. If you give enough, the network gods will allow you to take one day. The only thing you can't control. Is when and where that takes going to come out. And that's part of that's part of the game. Give enough, the take will come your way more than more than enough down the road.
1: Yeah, I agree. So, what motivates you to succeed? Obviously, those motivations may have changed over time with different variables in your life, but what currently motivates you to succeed?
0: Oh, it's very simple. I was told with my personality being an introvert, I can't succeed. And I am a poster child to show it can. I was told. You can never do sales, Lori. You don't have the right personality for it. What they failed to tell me was, I am an unbelievable problem solver. And problem solving is sales. I solve potential customers' problems. But when I was told it was sales, I froze. I go, I can't be a salesman. I'm not good at chit-chat. I'm an introvert. I don't know what to talk about. But when I was told by someone who gave me a book in one of my first network meetings called Spin Selling... And it just exploded my mind that I solve people's problems. All I got to do is talk to people, ask them a series of cascading questions, get down to what their obstacles or opportunities are, and then start talking how I can help them. And once I learned that, I got over this whole idea that selling is going to be too hard for me. And so it really is, we are classified many times told we can't do stuff. And a lot of time, the people who classify us are doing that wrong. I was classified, can't be a salesman. I sell people all over now. So um, if you're classified, really look deep and see if the person classifying you is right or wrong, because if they're wrong, go out there and do it. And there's one other secret I learned, I learned, Roman. Um, failure is the cost of good, sold of success. If you are not constantly failing, you will never be successful. I have failed multiple times and the failures teach you more than the successes do. That's the other thing I learned when I teach people how to network. You have to fail because the fails your experimentation to figure out what's right.
1: I agree. If you look at any, you know, founders that started, you know, unicorn companies, fortune 500s tech companies, what they did prior or where they took their companies, it wasn't a success on the first try. So if you do fail, you don't treat it like that. You treat it as a learning experience. And as long as you take something and can apply it to a next challenge or a similar situation that you can work out differently, it's never truly a failure.
0: And I am, I mean, there's, a, there's a, a, the world is of coaches. I'm not a coach. I'm a mentor. And the difference is I've only lived in the shoes of people I've helped. And so when they say it's too hard to do, I say, No, I've done that. I know it's not too hard to do. I have a little, I was a snowboarder until I was 60 years old. I have a little snowboarding story that sums up everything. My son took me to Grand Targay in in Wyoming, it was on Wyoming, Idaho, exceedingly difficult run. I fell headfirst sliding down a mountain at a 45 degree pitch, finally stopped myself and I couldn't get up. And my son said this, look behind you because you're not going to walk up a thousand feet of mountain. The only place for you to go is down, and I struggled for 45 minutes to get up, snowboarded down, went right back in the lift line. That's how you have to look at life. You're going to get beat down at points, but it's it's the important part is how you get up from those obstacles and restart yourself. That's what drives success.
1: Yeah, I agree. So what's one thing that you may have seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today?
0: It's it's in my mind, fear. I was with my daughter. I went to my daughter, adult daughter's world on a trip with her. And we were staying in a cabin in Olympic National Park. And she had a book about fear. When I read that book, it was, it was like me. I was afraid to do everything. I was afraid of failure. Um, that's what I just talked about a second. ago. Well, I have turned the fear of failure into embracing failure. That was the number one thing that changed. I looked at if you're a failure, nobody wants to talk to you, you know, put your head down. You're you're just you're just nothing. But it's it's learning to fail and getting up. That has changed my life. I didn't learn that till I was late in my 50s. It took me a long time to learn that again, unless you have a, a really great uh, pool of mentors, you don't learn stuff like that. I didn't get mentors to late at life. Um, that's why I'm on a mission to teach younger people how to network and be mentors because that that was missing in my life and it cost me a lot of time.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think the, the fear and how you position it. So fear can paralyze you or fear can drive you in the direction that you need to go.
0: And as an introvert, fear was more going to paralyze me. Introverts, um, they're very powerful. I am a great thinker and problem solver. That's one of the positives of introverts. And I, and I want to explain what the difference is. Here's my definition of an introvert versus an extrovert. If I take an introvert and and an extrovert and bring them to a live event of 200 people, you really can't tell who the introvert or extrovert is until they get home. When I would come home from that event as an introvert, I go to my reclining chair, turn off the lights, make sure there's no sound, and have to recharge my batteries. My wife's an extrovert. I take her to the same event. She comes home, calls 50 girlfriends, telling what everyone's wearing all the people she met. Because I tell people I'm an introvert today, they do not believe me. Because there's another little secret I teach people when they network. If you're an introvert, you only have to act as an extrovert for an hour or two a day. And the rest of the time, you could be your core. Because none of us could change our core personality. All you could do is modify it for a period of time.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's actually an interesting way of looking at it because, you know, you go to an event and you need like a nap or actually like a breather from the, I guess, the anxiety in that situation. But if somebody's an extrovert, that kind of amps them and, and fills them with fuel. So it's just kind of like perspective in that sense as well. Yeah, it really is. It really is. So what's one piece of advice you can leave with the audience, personal or professional?
0: Um. If you want to do something in life, no matter what, personally, business or everything, anything, the most important thing I've learned and I'm 64 is just start. I did my first videos and posts on LinkedIn. They were terrible, but I started and over time I got incrementally better. It's the same thing to master a skill is an exponential function. You have to do constant, tiny improvements over a long period of time, and then one day you're going to wake up. I remember the first video I did on LinkedIn maybe had 100 views. I had won a couple of weeks ago with 17,000 views. I know there's some people who get a lot more, but I'm an introvert, don't like doing videos. That just showed me incrementally over time, you could build something, but you have to start. You just have to get up one day and says, I'm going to try it.
1: Yeah, I agree. And it's one of those things, if you attempt something and it doesn't work, it's a learning experience and you can pivot or move in a different direction. And you don't regret those things in you know, 10, 20, 30 years. The things you do regret is the what ifs. What if I started that? Where I would be now? Or people around you that may have, you may have had that idea, but didn't do anything with it. And somebody had a similar idea, ran with it, and now are, you are know, immensely successful. So it's up to you to actually get started and it, you just have to start. It doesn't matter the, the point or how fast or how slow you just have to get incremental steps to move forward. So in terms of podcasting, I started to begin with, with a cell phone and that's it. And then I got a microphone and a better microphone and then a setup and then like a mini set and so on and so forth. So it's it's constantly improving, but you can't improve unless you start.
0: And, and there's one other thing because of COVID, this word is used too much. And it's impossible for most humans to do. You cannot pivot. Humans evolve. We have slowly evolved over time. So all you could do is evolve. Again, that that goes back to those small, tiny, incremental changes every day. And then when you look back, you say, oh, my God, I can't believe where I came from. Um, I'm in that boat with uh, Lunch of Lori, which started as a joke is now a business. And it was slow. Constant improvements, talking to somebody, going on a podcast, doing my own videos, publishing stuff. You just have to start and do small baby steps and then stop one day after doing that, like for a year and look back and say, Oh my God, I really have come very far. And even with COVID, I, I want to mention that to A lot of people, I was hurt tremendously by COVID. There's there's a choice you make at that point. Do I let that beat me down? Or do I do something about it? And for me personally, I did two startups during COVID. I have Lunch of Lurie and I have an accounting solution of Wisconsin, a bookkeeping business. So if you get beat down, look for other ways to get yourself up, because a lot of times the answer to where you should go is in front of you. You just have a blind spot at that moment and can't see it.
1: Yeah, I agree. And certain variables you can't control, you know, pandemics, recessions. So you have to do the best you can with what you have. I mean, I pivoted into outside of this into digital marketing out of necessity out of the 2008 recession. So I was going to be in terms of federal uh, law enforcement and then state, local, federal agencies, froze hiring. You know, I looked for a job for months and months, an opportunity presented itself, and I did it out of necessity, fell in love with it, and then ran with it 13 years later. So it's one of those things you never know. And I see a lot of people also with COVID that may have lost their jobs or in a situation of uncertainty that have made their side side hustles, like doubling down on that, finishing creative projects. So they always wanted to write a book or started it, but never finished. So now they're launching their books pivoting into different uh, positions. So it's also kind of reevaluating yourself and what your strengths are and how you can help people with those strengths.
0: And and it is, and I'll use, I help a lot of unemployed people, especially during COVID. One of the things I would tell them is um, you could send out a thousand resumes or you could try to have a hundred one-on-one meetings. The thousand resumes, are going to go out. You're never going to get any feedback unless they call. If you have a hundred one-on-one meetings, you're going to get constant feedback and slowly but surely you'll you'll uncover the hidden job market. So if you're unemployed because of COVID or or an economic thing, we're taught to go through the resume route because that's the easiest, but I would encourage everyone for for two or three weeks, send no resumes out, set up one-on-one meetings and ask people how you could help them because somebody's always in worse shape than you are. Don't ask someone to help you find a job, meet people and ask how you can help them in some way and you do that, I will guarantee you will feel better and have more potential job leads doing that than pushing that constant submit button on a resume that goes in a black hole where you get no feedback.
1: Yeah, I agree. And it's kind of a push versus pull mentality. You're kind of like, carpet bombing and hopefully something will stick. And, you know, different job sites and internal kind of databases use specific keywords or algorithms. So sometimes your resume doesn't even get looked at at all because the way it's being crawled or searched. So it's that intimate approach and a one-on-one feeling like you can actually tell your story and people can really get your vibe or feel, or if you're a good fit and they can't necessarily get that from a piece of paper or obviously a PDF or whatever you send via email.
0: Yeah, and one other thing on that. Um, because of all our instantaneous communication, the art of storytelling t- has been diminished. I find so many common interests of people I meet because I tell stories of my life. Tell your story. You're gonna find common ground. I just met a gentleman yesterday who I did a Lunch of Lori interview, and I told him when I lived in Chicago, I loved Willie Mays. So I was 13 years old going to Cub games. I don't like the Chicago Cubs, I like the Giants. He says, stop. He goes and pulls out a picture when he's 12 years old with Willie Mays. I have a connection with him now. He'll always remember that. Tell your life story. Everyone has a life story to tell. Share your stories. You will find common ground with people. Don't just say, I'm, I'm Lori looking for a job in accounting. Say, this is my life experience. These are things I like and dislike because that's gonna lead to common ground. I've had 250 people come to my lunch of Lori's and it's all, all about your life story. So many people have made new friends, got jobs, and got positions because they have found a common interest of in somebody. You know, we think we're all unique, but once you start telling stories, there's a lot of common themes out there. So lead with your story, not what you want.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it's tied to kind of good marketing as well, not necessarily, but whatever you're doing online or in person, you're branding and marketing yourself or who you are and telling a story. So the stories you remember are tied to, you know, emotional triggers, both positive or negative. So certain brands do that very well. Coca-Cola, some of the bigger ones that make you feel or go back to a certain time with family, friends, memories. And if you make that personal connection, that's the thing that they remember. And then like, oh, yeah, I remember this person. He was so-and-so. They're not going to necessarily remember where you were in terms of of your role from a piece of paper five years ago. They will remember that kind of connection that you made.
0: You are 100% right, Roman. So if you're going out, if you you need to use networking to get a new job, sell a product or something, don't lead with wanting a job or selling a product. Lead with your life story. Ask a series of cascading questions of the person you're with. To draw out their life story, find the common interest, and then say to them, you know, we like the same thing. We need to meet again. I teach build relationships first
1: and business will follow later. Yeah, I agree. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you? The best way is to find me on LinkedIn,
0: Lori Rifkin. Connect with me. If you want to know more information, send me your email address through a message on LinkedIn and I'll respond. Um, I also have, like I said, a monthly uh, Lunch of Glory networking event. If you want to try upside down networking, um, again, connect with me on LinkedIn. I'll send you an invite for my next networking meeting. The next open one is March 18th. Um, Again, they fill up fast, but you will leave with a different appreciation of networking after coming to an event because you will be sharing part of your life story with the group.
1: Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by.
0: Thank you for having me on. It was, a, it was a great show.
1: This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital.
0: Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.